Welcome to episode 89 of the EdTech Takeout from Grantwood AEA. My name is Jonathan Wiley, and this is Mindy Carney. Hello, back again. 89. 89, episode 89. Yes. So here we are from our homes. Still. <laughs> <laughs> Live from our homes. <laughs> we are still at home, getting closer, getting closer to seeing each other again. Right? Yes, and it's good to see that, you know, most of the snow has gone yeah. away. Yeah. Although we had a little dump Pick up the other day. Yesterday. But, um, yeah. yeah, spring is coming and we'll be going outside and hopefully, yeah, meeting face to face soon, doing re- this recording face to face again. So. Yeah, can you imagine? I can't. Seems weird. I, I don't know. It will be strange. Yeah. Maybe we'll just have to do it over Zoom, but in the same building. No, like we used to do. Yes. We did used to do that. Yeah. We did used yeah. to do that. Um, so you know this, but I'll tell our listeners that, um, well, my kids are in spring break. And so yesterday afternoon, we actually went to a movie theater. Like those still exist. And yeah. um, we watched a movie. My kids were pretty much maskless because they were, of course, chomping down popcorn and um, drinking ices, whatever. So it was super interesting to like look down at them and see them like in a movie theater without a mask, enjoying like an actual movie we hadn't seen before. <laughs> I, was like, nice. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, this is the most normal thing we've done in the last year and a half. So, or year, I guess. So. So you found a movie to watch that wasn't like straight to streaming service or yeah. something like that. Well, yeah. you know what? I guess I don't know. We watched that um, Raya the, and the Last Dragon. I oh, think yeah. is what the yeah. name of it was. I don't. I'm I'm assuming it's probably streaming somewhere because we just watched Tom and Jerry streamed. Um, but yeah, so we saved that one to go to the theater. So yeah, it was fun. It was real fun. Normal life is returning Normal slowly. Normal life is slowly returning. So yes. All right, so should we get started on news and follow-up? We don't have a lot today. It's going to be a quick one, right? I think it'll be a quick one, but that means we have more time to talk to our guest today. Right. Yes. Right, right. So first on the list, I have something which I think is brand new. Okay. Um, I hadn't seen it before. It's the Wakelet Schools program. Yeah, okay. And when I first clicked on this, I thought, ah, here we go then, Wakelet for Schools. This is the premium version. This is how you pay for it. And I was wrong because it is not that. It's just, it's kind of like an organization-wide, a school-wide system that you can uh, deploy Wakelet in. Um, They give you detailed technical support from the Wakelet team and special training. And you get featured on the Wakelet School Showcase for their community. Uh, You receive exclusive swag, free Wakelet merchandise, and an exclusive Exclusive Wakelet school pack. And they will fast track you and your teachers through the Wakelet community program. So this is a a, an application process, and you know if you have a lot of teachers in your school that are using Wakelet and you want to embrace it Mm -hmm. as a district or as a school building, then uh, this could be something worth applying for. You just ask your school principal to fill out a form, await confirmation on whether your school has been approved, and then. there you go. You start using uh, Wakelet schools and, and getting all those benefits that go along with them. Nice. I feel so out of touch with Wakelet right now. I mean, like when I felt like when we were, you know, pre-COVID, we were sharing it all the time and I felt really updated with it. And just this last year, it hasn't been something that I've used a lot because, you know, work has just been different. Um, but I always think that 
they do a nice job of kind of keeping up with the times and um, just becoming better and better as they go. So this is kind of exciting. I'd be interested to look at this a little bit more. Yeah. And so on that theme of not always 100% keeping up with Wakelet, I I came across this (laughs) other thing that they tweeted out recently, which are these Wakelet templates. Yeah. Now, I I think templates have always kind of been around or as a thing, but they've now got a page dedicated to Wakelet templates. Wow. Where you can have like newsletter templates, you can have lesson plan templates, you can have hmm. um, like meet the teacher templates. They've yeah. got all kinds of different templates that you could use um, for your classroom, I guess. There, you know, mindfulness, icebreakers, portfolios, huh. and resumes. Yeah, all kinds of stuff, and they're all in one place. So if you are a, a Wakelet user and you don't want to reinvent the wheel, mm-hmm. then um, Maybe take a look at some of those templates and and see how those would fit in with what you're doing. Nice. Yeah, because I guess what I have always been aware of, which is, you know, always been built into um, Wakelet, was just the different views that you could choose um, within Wakelet. So this feels different than that for sure. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, something different. Yeah. Um, What else? What else you got here? So they've got this new presenter toolbar on slides. Did you see this one? I did not see this. Okay, you're going to have to click on this one because I think you'll like it. Um, If you scroll down the page on this uh, Google announcement, you'll see a little GIF here because Google are changing their presenter toolbar inside of slides. So, you know, when you hit present, you've got that big, long black bar that covers like a lot of the screen. Yeah. Now it's uh, a little more discreet. It's a little small gray rectangle and then you can click on the three dot menu there to get all the other options that you're used to oh, like nice. you know, captions and laser pointer and and all those other things so you might see those um changing soon hmm. um i always had that problem i think when i was doing things like screencasting yeah and i'd move my mouse a little bit or something yeah. or i was taking a screenshot or something yeah. and then it would have that big black bar on it yeah right like you got to pause and wait for it to disappear and then start your screencast or something like that so. and you can't waste your time like that jonathan wiley your time's too valuable it's visually unappealing to yeah. me so <laughs> I, I, get I wanted to take it out so Nice. So there you go. That's new and you should be uh, coming soon. Uh, rapid release domains will get it like now and then okay. uh, scheduled release March 26th. All right. So um, I don't know if you saw this, but we well, right now we're um, kind of finishing our booger and close to finishing up our Pear Deck class. And of course, whenever you're doing a class of some sort, that's when that tool will change. Clearly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we got this interesting email from Pear Deck. I think it was last week that said um, the Pear Deck Power Up um, Chrome extension was they were going to disable it because it was causing problems. So if you aren't a Pear Deck user, that Power Up Chrome extension helps you run like GIFs and videos and that kind of um, outside media type things inside your Pear Deck. And so um, apparently it's that that Chrome extension is causing all kinds of problems right now. I don't know, which seems weird to me. Like, how does something go from working to just not working and they've disabled it? So 
it sounds like um, they're working on it and I'm assuming that it'll come back or something else will come back to help it work. Um, but as of right now, your Pear Deck presentation should still work okay, but your videos in your Pear Deck are not. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, no. So it's um, in this email, it just says that you should... Um, quit and restart your Google Chrome to ensure that you can launch your sessions without interruption. So if you are a Pear Deck user, you have some of those um, outside media type things inside your Pear Deck presentation before you launch that puppy, you're probably going to want to make sure share it with your uh, students. You're probably going to want to make sure everything works. <laughs> yeah, it says on this um, email you included there that Google Slides is changing a technical detail. Oh, I must have missed that. Which means that the Power Deck Power Up won't be able to make your uh, GIFs and animations mm. and builds work for a while. So Google I, I guess that must again. be the reason why. Google's changing something and it broke their extension. So um, they are working on a fix. Um, there's a, a link here that says, what is this link? It says... Please check our status page. Yeah, the status page says exactly the same thing as the email does. It says, our team expects to have a fix ready by Friday, March 19th. All right, well, we'll see. Yeah, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Yeah, right, it could be. It could be Friday. You you may need to update your extensions or restart your browser to get that working again. But if you've had trouble, that's probably the reason. Yep. All right, so now our main course. We have a guest again this time. It is Jen Giffen from Shooks and Giff. We're so happy that you are here finally. You and I are finally meeting for the first time after all these years. We are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I missed you that year that I met Jonathan at ISTE in Chicago. Well, I heard you hugged him, so and I that's I'm anti-hugs. So it probably oh. was meant to be. Okay, well that's good. I usually I usually ask for the hug first, but I see I am I am quite the opposite of the anti hug. Like this this whole lockdown pandemic thing has been really hard oh, for me sure. because I I'm a hugger. Yeah. I'm like, oh, but I just want to hug people. <laughs> I, I wasn't in a very good mood that day. That Aww. is deep. But I, I put on a smiley face oh. for you. I was well, presenting, nice. I think, a, a green screen workshop at the end of the day, oh, and yeah. I had this massive bag of stuff wow. that I was carrying around, and I just been down to the room, and I said, "Hey, can I leave my?" bag here and they were like no you can't i'm like wait i've got to carry this around all day <laughs> and up and down flights of stairs and one side of this day to the other but i, I saw jen and she's like you know what you sound different to what you do on the podcast because i listened to all my podcasts at two times oh. speed <laughs> so you sound so Tell much slower it. and i'm like well yeah i know. figured it was either you were tired or drunk oh so well, yeah. we'll just go <laughs> both of those things it's the big either. bag yeah <laughs> Yeah. And the big bag, like you're a tall man. I just figured maybe you had a lot of tall man things yeah. in, in the bag. I, don't, I, mean, I do don't remember the bag, though. Sure. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. And I was I was standing there with you and Andrew Fenstermaker, yes. an equally tall man, and yeah. I felt quite quite diminutive yeah. in that moment. I was like, my neck's going to hurt at the end of this, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to have a mutual friend in Andrew. You guys met at like 
Google Teacher Academy or something? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. We were we were part of the same Google Innovator Academy in Washington in 2017, and I love him. I call him Bouncer. Oh, um, little, <laughs> little little backstory about Andrew. He uh, we went out karaokeing a, a bunch of us every night, and I, I know that's shocking for people who know or will soon know me um, that I would do that. Not at all. Um, we were out, and of course, Andrew's not doing any of the karaoke, and so there's you know a couple of the guys are up on stage. It was like me and five guys, which tends to be how I roll sometimes. So we were up on stage, like singing and doing our thing. And Andrew was like at the back, just like sitting on this stool, like scoping out the scene. And I said, I feel like you're our bouncer. Like you're making sure that no one's going to come and attack us on stage. And I've just, I've called him bouncer ever since. Like to his face, everything. I actually think bouncer before I think Andrew. Oh my. Huh. Well, we haven't seen him much recently. We should definitely drop that into conversation next time. Next time I see There you him. go. Yeah. Yeah. So Jan, tell us uh, a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do, I guess. Okay, so uh, my name is Jen Giffen. I'm from Canada, which is why you're going to hear a little bit of an accent. And I, I don't normally hear it until I start speaking to my American friends. <laughs> I don't think I say a boot, but I do say certain words slightly differently. I, I get that. Um, I am a, I'm calling myself a shelved teacher librarian right now because I am not currently in a library uh, because of the pandemic and our COVID protocols. They actually shut down all the libraries in our whole district, which is really heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and I've been redeployed to the classroom, um, which is good and, and, and bad. Like I'm able to try out a whole bunch of stuff. So this was actually, I was a year, not even a full year into the role as teacher librarian. It's a full-time role in a secondary school. Um, before that, I was a digital literacy consultant in my district, which is sort of Mindy and Jonathan, like what you do right. um, in Grantwood. So I did that. And our district is quite large. We have 140,000 students, over 12,000 teachers, um, so it's, it's big. There were a bunch of us on the team and my, my term had was up and, and I started looking at like, okay, what could I do? And this teacher librarian role came in and my background before I did my curriculum job was I was a secondary English and special ed teacher with a little bit of math peppered in here and there because I do have a math minor, but don't tell many people that I like to keep it a secret. <laughs> um, and we, uh, so it sort of seemed like a really natural fit for me to come into the library. Right. There's a like that learning commons idea and what we can do in here for makerspace and how I could use my digital skills. Little did we know that I would really need to use those digital skills right. soon enough. <laughs> so I started that in the September and then come March, we were we were remote and then we've been hybrid ever since. And like I said, I've been redeployed and I've been able to put to use a lot of the great learning that I did as the digital literacy consultant. And we were talking off air before we came on about, you know, what you can play with and how this could be fun. And, and that's great. But, you know, we have to also remember that we're surviving a pandemic right now. So we right. don't want to throw too much at students and because they're stressed and it's stressful for us if we we're not there to help them through if they, right. you know have the problem like I don't know how to record on Flipgrid and push the button and that sort of thing but so there's that I I am co-host of Shooks and Gif the podcast we call it Shooks and Gif the podcast which is funny like when we named it we realized like or we love like leveling up eventually to like the cruise line not that anyone really wants to go on cruises anymore but um but yeah, so that's what we do. And and uh, Kim and I, Kim Polishuk is my co-host. She's on hiatus this season, um, though, for some personal reasons. So I've been running it with just different guests um, on and off throughout the season, which has been great. Kim gave me her blessing to to sort of give that a go just because she knows that I've been wanting to do it and she wasn't able to and didn't want to hold back. And we had some listeners, you know, asking. And it's just a, it's a really fun passion project of mine. Like we just get on and we, you know, shoot the breeze and we find really cool tech tools and, and there's no 
there's no rhyme or reason for it. Like I, I love listening to you guys. And I, I said this off air, right. It's one of my favorite podcasts. In fact, tech nuggets was a massive inspiration for Shooks and gift. And I said, that's what I want to do. That's my favorite part of that show. I just want to share the cool things that I learn about. And, and I know a lot of shows have, okay, here's going to be a theme. We're going to talk about this and then we'll share this at the end. But Kim and I are really just like, Hey, did you see this? Did you see that? And then we talk about different ways that we might be able to use it in our practice. And um, Kim is an elementary school teacher and I'm secondary. So that, that has really pulled balance too. We can really look at that whole through K-12 gamut, which which is helpful, right? Like the two of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I did that uh, outside of, you know, the the realm of of schooling. I'm, I'm a wife, I'm a mom of um, three boys and two furry kittens um, who we just got that are a lot of fun. So my house is very noisy and very loud, which is why when you said, hey, do you want to record at like 3.45? I'm like, oh, an hour extra at work? Sure. Okay, that's great. <laughs> It's nice and quiet there. Um, so that was good. But yeah, no, that's that's sort of it. That's that's me in a nutshell. There's more I could go on forever with, you know, the origin stories of mm-hmm. Jen Giffen. But we'll, we'll spare everyone. <laughs> so um, you are uh, coming, well, virtually coming back to Iowa for iTech um, in April. And... I haven't seen like a ton of um, the session descriptions or anything like that yet. I don't know if it's just, I don't think I'm registered yet even. Maybe that's some of it. So (laughs) do you want to do like a big reveal here? What are your topics that you're going to be sharing with us? Or, you know, what are you really excited about um, to talk to our Iowa educators about? Well, I'm, first of all, I'm really excited to be back. I'm sad that I couldn't come down. I was, it was, you know, supposed to be in October right. and I was coming and that's, that's what I like to call real Thanksgiving for us. So that was like our Thanksgiving in Canada is in October sure. and it was perfect. So I was like, oh, I can go down on Thanksgiving Monday. Cause that's, we celebrate on the Monday and then, you know, be there the Tuesday, Wednesday. And I got the release time from school. And then I was like, oh, now we can't go. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, well maybe this spring and oh, but you know what I will say, and I know you did a, a show on this just not too long ago. I have I haven't, I haven't really minded the online conferences. I do like the fact that you can jump in and out. You're not waiting in line. You know, I know you, you both talked about lunches. I've I've been at ISTE and ordered Uber to the nearest door while I'm waiting in a line so that I can eat. <laughs> so I'm not a word of a lie. I've done that. Um, so, you know, I, I like that of it. And it's kind of fun to present online now that we're all really comfortable with the platform. So there's part of me that's like, oh, okay, well, it's better to be with the people, but I think you can sort of reach more people. I think it levels a certain amount of playing field, which I like. But um, going to the actual sessions, so I have four sessions that I will be doing. I'm not sure what is on which day, Um, but my first one is one of my favorites. Actually, no, I'm going to leave that one to the end. I'll I'll leave that one because that was a non-tech one, and I sort of had to ask. I'm like, is it okay if I do a non-tech something? Um, So I'm doing a student voice in Flipgrid. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's an intermediate Flipgrid. I love Flipgrid. I've started using Flipgrid in 2017. I, I really love how they amplify student voice. I love how they listen to teachers. I love the staff there. I've been, um, you know, to the Flipgrid headquarters a couple of times now and done some work when they've come here into Canada and they've done their road trips. They're a really great group of people. Jornay Irwin or Armand is uh was actually my roommate at the Google Innovator Academy. Nice. So we go back before she even was at Flipgrid. So um, we, I, I wanted a session that, you know, everyone does these sessions. It's like, okay, beginner Flipgrid and here's how to use right. Flipgrid recorder and here's how to do this. And But what more can I do with it? And that's what people do. They have that intro, but then, but then what? So I'm doing the, but then what? And I'm basically showing how you can show students 
how to use Flipgrid, like an introduction to Flipgrid, if you want it to be that, by using different features, but having lessons behind them. So I do one that's like, okay, let's do a news report with Flipgrid, and here's how we can do it with frames, and let's do some digital storytelling, and here's how you can do it with their stickers and emojis, and let's do um, some like show and tell or show around and show them how to pause the cameras into, um, use the power of the video editing that's not really robust, but like that low floor, high ceilings that you can do in Flipgrid. So that's that. Everything's in the discovery library so the hope is that people will be able to leave like the next day and and do something in their classroom or like send it to a sub to do it's all ready to go so that one's a lot of fun i think that's one of those tools that that people do sometimes get just maybe a little too comfortable with sometimes they do the things that they always do and they don't always imagine some of the other things i remember um Mindy and I sat down with Bouncer once and we had a conversation about how he could do some uh, podcasting with Flipgrid. And he had a a whole thing. I love that session. That was a great project that he did as well. So I think that would be great for people to see some different ideas and different ways to use Flipgrid. Yeah, yeah. And it's nothing that's going to be really earth shattering, but hopefully it'll just spark that instead of just, oh, like how I used it today in my class, right? Okay, everyone, we're going to read a couple of chapters of this novel that we're studying. And instead of doing a written response, I want you to just do an oral response. And I think that's how we see it is like, okay, let's have that conversation instead of writing. But I think there's different things that we can do that are just beyond the tell me like a a verbal journal. And so that's what I hope that people take from that. So yeah, I'm doing another one on podcasting with Chrome, speaking of of podcasting and, and bouncers. So I love podcasting. You love podcasting. I think that there's great things that we can do with podcasting to, again, amplify student voice. It's a different uh, medium for students to be able to share what they're learning. But I also know that like my district is really, really strict about what tools we can use. Like I had to get all of my parents to sign off saying it was okay to use Flipgrid um, before we were able to use it. Like basically anything beyond the, the Google workspace that's what is that what we're calling it this yes. week is that that's the where we are this now. week okay good <laughs> um beyond google workspace for education we need to sign off on it for privacy reasons again because it's so big they want to make sure that teachers really understand you know privacy policies and where student information is going and like, we don't follow FERPA and, and copa or copa or whatever is um up here it's a different set of rules so a lot of the tools don't necessarily adhere to those and they don't have servers in canada and etc so right. um i try to do as much as i can inside the Google workspace. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I thought one day, I'm like, why couldn't we just really do a lot of podcasting just within Chrome? And we do allow the online voice recorder. I don't know if, if the two of you know that tool from one, two, three apps. It's awesome. It, it, yeah. You literally go, right, you go on, you record, you can download to your locally to your device. And most Chromebooks will do that now. Um, and I said, I bet you, you could do an entire podcast just in slides and I I sort of tinkered with it and I figured it out and it's nothing robust and it doesn't necessarily go to a massive audience which for a lot of districts is good because they don't want them like on anchor launched everywhere that the the 12 places that anchor takes things now Um, and it's just a really cool way to either students have their own using just slides or have a class podcast where everyone does an episode and they can build in there and I'm thinking especially for the the k6 group or for the 612s who have teachers who may be like, yeah, I'm not really comfortable sharing beyond our classroom, but I want I want to give them that experience if this is something they want to do. And then, of course, it can evolve from there. And if when I have time, I talk about how, well, maybe you make this a video instead. And now it becomes a little YouTube channel and um, different ways that you can give those authentic experiences to students, but still in that walled garden. So that's the second one. 
So I don't want to crash on your uh, presentation there, but or have you reveal all your secrets? But is that going to be uploading a like an MP3 file into slides and having that play yeah. through through some slides? Exactly. So are you, are you exactly putting images along with that or anything? Yeah. Or like you yeah. know visual prompts and things? Or we do. So we talk about how you can make. Um, your show notes and different ways again within the within the google workspace you know okay are we going to use slides are we going to use for that or docs are you going to have a google site and what might that look like and then we use google drawings and i take actually a lot of the incredible tony vincent stuff i know you guys are both big fans of tony he's the best um we take i give a lot of sort of hints on how you can use google drawings to create a podcast logo with them as well so it turns into this really tidy little unit with students that really complement anything that you're teaching. And I think that's a really big thing for me when I go to conferences, like don't just show me things that I can do in a single class because, you know, as the secret math teacher, sometimes I'm like, okay, I get it. But all the math teachers, all the science teachers are like, that, that doesn't apply to me. How can I do this for my, you know, discipline? Um, so hopefully they'll see some relevance in there. And again, like it can be, I've, I've done it when I was demoing it. When I first started it, my youngest guys were in the second grade. And I said, you know what, let's try. And they were able to do it. No problem. So it really is like, you know, a a K right through to our, I wouldn't say PK, but probably like grade one, right through 12 and beyond that you can do this sort of, this sort of activity with, which I love. Yeah. I like the fact that your, your process is like transferable. So, you know, you're making show notes, you're designing logos, you're planning out podcast episodes and things. So, I mean, yes, they're putting that in slides for now, but if they later on decide they want to do like a full-blown public thing to the world, they can go do it and they have the skills to do that. Exactly. And it's not, it's not only for the privacy for the students, but some students will be overwhelmed by that. So let's sort of ease their way in. And then if you can, you know, have that interest, maybe a pod class, a pod, podcast club, that was difficult to say, <laughs> could, could come out of that. Like how fun would that be in a school, right? Like I know that's where I was hoping to move before we locked down. I was literally two weeks away from getting the full roadcaster equipment and putting it in the learning commons. And it's on hold, although it's, it's awful now ordering it again. Tomorrow, yeah. So that's good. <laughs> All right. Next up. Uh, wait, wait, I can't know which one you were leaving to last. So yeah. okay. what is the next so one? I'll go, I'll go wicked workflows is the next one. So okay. I call this one wicked workflows, tips and tricks for the lazy. I have been known to show up in my pajamas um, to this when we do it live. I literally walk in like my hair is all dirty, well, not dirty, but messy. And, and I have pajamas on that I change into slippers, the whole nine yards. And people are like, what is she doing? But that's sort of, you know, the, the drama in me. Um, and all it is, is different things that I use to help my workflow run smoothly because people will watch me on my computer and because I've used it for so long and I've trained on it for so long I have certain workflows that really work for me and I think hey they might work for you too so things like I love Wakelet I talk about Wakelet I have a bunch of Chrome extensions in there that I share out Um, some might be new some people might come in and and only take one or two things some people might come in and be completely overwhelmed my my MO with any presentation is take one thing if people come in and can take one thing then back to their classroom I feel we've done a good job especially with those of us who have been in the business for a long time, be it education or education technology, taking one thing can really, you know, ignite something within us to do well by our kids, right? And, and to really serve the kids well. So um, I'm hoping there's a bunch and I, and then I open the floor at the end and I say, okay, what do you have? What do you have? Tell me, because like, let's be honest, I want to get stuff as well. <laughs> and I always find one or two um, cool tips that people will share with me. Sometimes it's like as easy as a keyboard shortcut that I didn't know about. So that can really, you know, change people's lives. And let's be honest, those nanoseconds, they add up. 
yeah they add up to to milliseconds right. which will eventually maybe <laughs> equal a few seconds of your life so that's good yeah I always think it's fun to hear what other people's workflows are like because, you know, even if you have something that you think works for you, there's there's always ways you can tweak it a little bit or just optimize it and improve it or refine parts here and there. Absolutely. And even me, like when I was, you know, in my, my curriculum role up in district, I did something a certain way. And then when I got into the library role, I did it. And then I've changed it again, teaching. It can really depend for me year to year and position to position, even like one semester to the next semester. I'm like, yeah, that worked, but I th- I'm going to try this. And then I don't know, I'm going to go back. And sometimes I go back to old ways. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work anymore. Like I recently, I recently left Google Keep. I was doing a whole bunch on Google Keep. And I was like, yeah, no, I think for this, like our, my podcast notes used to all be as soon as I saw something, Google Keep but now I'm keeping them in Wakelet. So, and it's just the workflow that I'm, I find works for me and how I might want to share later. Right. So, okay. So that takes us to my last, to the, my last the one. The grand finale here. Well, which is now everyone's like, okay, that's not exciting. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I find it exciting. Cause one of, one of the big things I find people do is they come to a tech conference and they're like staring as we've been doing for the last year at screens and they're just there. And when we do it live, I come in, I say, okay, everyone take out your computers. Okay. And now close them. And we go completely analog and I do sketch noting 101. So I've been sketch noting since 2016. I love it. I think it's a great way to keep notes, whether you're going to do it long-term all the time or whether you're just going to learn sort of how to do it and then empower students who this could really revolutionize the way that they learn. I think it's great. And I think people see it and they look at people like Sylvia Duckworth, who's a very good friend of mine and they see what she produces and they're like, oh, I can't do that. Like I, I, I'm out. Like I, I can't draw. And I really, I really impart on them. It's not at all about the art. It is about ideas. At the end of the day, that's what you are doing. None of us have, or very few of us have very perfect handwriting, and we still take notes, probably handwritten, um, in some capacity. So it's the same idea here. And I, I, I start with, okay, here's the science behind why it's good to do for either you as a learner or potentially for your students. And then from there, I say, okay, now I'm going to prove it to you. And by the end, you have a little sketch note done and you're like, oh, actually that wasn't so hard. Um, And the whole thing is replicable in a classroom. So it's the sort of thing that you can watch my presentation and then go back and redo it with your own students and, and pull them forward into this. And every time I do this with students, there's always teachers have reached back out to me. I run it usually in, um, in the semester, I usually run it a couple of times and different classes come down. And there's always teachers who come back and say, that kid has not stopped taking notes this way. And I know last year, I saw a girl in the learning commons a couple of days after I did the presentation and I saw her, she was taking notes and I was like, oh, these are beautiful. And I just assumed, you know, that's the implicit bias that, oh, she's always been taking notes this way. She goes, yeah, I came down with Mr. So-and-so's class and we saw your presentation. I said, yeah, I remember you. And I said, so how long have you been doing your notes this way? Because inevitably a lot of students have already been taking notes like this, that visual note taking idea isn't new. And she's like, oh no, I, I just learned it yeah, when you cool. showed us. And I said, really? And she said, yeah. And she, she was an artist. Like she had beautiful notes, beautiful handwriting. And she goes, yeah, I had this test and I was just was finding it really hard to remember all the dates for history. And this has really helped me. And I think I'm, I'm more ready for my test. And I thought, oh, that's perfect. That's what we want to do. So that's sketch noting. It's, it's the beginners. It's, you know, it's again, you can do this with kids as little like pre-Ks right up to adults. And I think that's a really, um, I think it's a really good way to be able to learn and reach some people. Now, some people do and be like, I'll never do this. this is, I want to type. 
and that's totally fine. But I, I think um, I talk a little bit about how we really value drawing in those littles, right? Like in our in our PK to probably three grade three kids, and then all of a sudden it's it's done. We don't we don't value that visual, but we're such visual people. So why can't we continue to express ourselves that way? So we talk a little bit about that as well. It's a lot of fun. I love it, and that's the one that like fills my soul because mm-hmm. people draw. Like who who wouldn't like to sit for forty five minutes and just draw? Like that sounds fun. Wiley, would you like to sit and draw for forty five minutes? <laughs> It takes me back to that time. Do you remember uh, we did a summer camp once, Mindy? Mm-hmm. And then we all uh, had a whiteboard. And I don't know whose who's idea this was, but like four or five of us had to all sketch note like the other people's little short keynotes that we right? did. Yeah, right. Do you remember that? That was yeah. fun. It's hard. I think the hardest thing I find, and it's going to sound like the dumbest thing to say, is I never know where to start on my board or piece of paper do i start in the middle do i start in the top corner or am i already boxed into that corner now and and then what what does it look like where do i go from there it's just so much about you as a person too like you that's it how, is. you are very analytical about things that's super interesting i think i think i think too hard about things sometimes <laughs> Well, and this is, it's funny because I've, I've sketch noted for Matt Miller's Ditch Summit the last, well, since he started it, that's when I really, really started sketch noting was in 2016. And if you look at my sketch notes that I make available every year, I have a whole folder full of them. Um, and you look, they've changed every year. They, they started in the middle. And then one year I tried to do like all up and down. And then I was sort of went back to it and I go all over. There's not a right way to do it, which is another thing that I love. Cause when we take notes, we really think linearly and we don't, I don't know about you, but I, I don't do anything in a straight line. Like I meander all over the place. So that, that helps me with, with the note taking too. And, and there is no right way. So don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to include drawing. So the whole idea of drawing could just like your drawings could be squares and circles, right? And that's another thing I say, I'm like anything can be drawn with the visual alphabet. Cause I was not a doodler. I was not an art kid. I'm not an artist. Um, in the traditional sense, I wasn't one of those kids that took all the art classes and loved to draw. And like, I only came into this and I wasn't very good. And it's been with time that I've sort of built, built that uh, visual dictionary. Um, things that we use a lot in education when I'm sketching, you know, keynotes or whatever it is. And that, again, it comes with time and it comes with some practice. And I like the unplugging, although I do it on my iPad now, but I love that I'm not, you know, sitting on a computer and, oh, I see the email notification come in because I just, I turn off all my notifications on the iPad and it's it's that unplugging. Like, it's like meditation for me because I can't meditate to save my <laughs> life because I'm way too high. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, great session. So we got uh, sketch noting, we got Flipgrid, we got the Wicked Workflows and Podcasting with Chrome. And I don't know if Mindy knows this or not, but these are all live. Oh. And uh, Mindy's, uh, Mindy and I are doing sessions too, but ours have to be pre-recorded. So the keynotes and the feature speakers are all live at iTech. So, I don't think I knew that. Um, yeah. Huh. I, I got a little uh, preview of the schedule, so oh. I'll see if I can put the uh, times for everything in the show notes to make people nice. make sure people can get in there but they're kind of around lunchtime ish or at the end of the day for to get as many teachers in there as possible yeah and it probably wouldn't be bad in the show notes to put how you would register for that too since it's virtual i mean there could be people mm. from all over the place that would be that would want to register for that too so and everything is being recorded so if you can't see it live you're able to go back and watch the sessions too that's so great. I love that part of it because I did go back for ISTE and watch certain things. We have the Ontario Library Association up here. Our conference was a couple months ago and I did the same thing there. And this actually falls now during our spring break because our spring break break got moved. So I've been, you know, tweeting it out for Ontario peeps as well. Nice. So our spring break is normally not next week, but the week after. And then our government will just leave it there. So we got moved. We're now having April, March break. We call it March break, not spring break. <laughs> 
some of our schools take spring breaks and some of them take like long weekends and things like that and mm-hmm. they're not always at the same time yeah. so right. it, it's kind of the same here all right so question of the day jen will you stick around and do tech nuggets with us oh my gosh you couldn't get rid of me if you tried <laughs> <laughs> All right. So up next, our favorite part of the show is Tech Nuggets. And Jen, we'll let you go first. How about that? Okay, okay here we go. Um, I, I only put a few. I can, I can do more. But these were the first three sort of on my list of what I'm, uh, what I'm doing. Um, the first one is What the Font. I, I don't even remember where I heard about this. What the Font it tells you what the font is. So it, it sounds pretty basic, but you know, at times you're like, oh, I want to replicate that. I wonder what font it is or what I can get close to. All you have to do is you go to myfonts.com and I think there's a forward slash, yeah, forward slash what the font. And it's also kind of fun to say because it sounds like you're saying bad words. <laughs> and you can take a screenshot or all you need is a JPEG or a PNG. So I, I take a screenshot, let's say, of a website that I'm like, oh, I really like that font. I wonder what it is. I drag and drop it in and boom, it will tell me the nearest fonts to what are available. Why do I care about this? I don't know. I just kind of like fonts. I'm kind of a nerd that way. And sometimes I want them. Now, here is my thing. On Shooks and GIF, we do For the Love a lot. For the Love Google. And I have a For the Love Google at this point. For the Love Google, let me import my own fonts. Right? Why do (laughs) I have to only use Google fonts? So then I have to try to find one that's in Google. But I think this is a fun way to do things, especially if you're trying to match Um, like sort of do some parody work or do any like satire where you want to match a a pre-existing look for something Mm -hmm. and have students do something creative in that way. So I I really like what the font, or if you're looking for font matching and you're like, oh, I think that would match there. I know what the font was fun for me. I like that because I was thinking the couple times we've done some stuff with Star Wars or like we do a lot of themed presentations and that it would be fun to be able to because a lot of times then you just like find yourself just looking through a list like oh, that doesn't look like it that doesn't look like it so it saved me a little bit of time I like that there you go. I remember theme presentations. Remember those, Mindy? I, I, remember. I remember you and Gina dressed up as Ghostbusters. We did. We did do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, the full outfits. Oh, we and, did. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Who was that yeah. for? I have to rethink that. I, I don't, don't remember what that was for either. I don't remember but. either. Uh, those were the days. Eh? Yeah, summer camp. Summer and I was just time. virtual backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've even given up on that, clearly. I mean, this is it. All right, Wiley, you want to go next? Do you want me to? Um, sure, I can go next. I've okay. got uh, another AR app that I like to throw in here every so often. This one is Mission to Mars from the Smithsonian Institute. And um, I just saw this one recently. I know we've had a lot of Mars talk on the news and and uh, the science uh, news. So this is a, a timely one that came out. It's got a lot of really fun uh, augmented reality uh, experiences for kids uh, revolved around that last mission to Mars. So you can do things like land the rover on Mars. You can drive an AR rover around the, the virtual space, whatever you are. You can launch the rocket. You can step through a portal onto Mars itself. And it is really fun and an interesting uh, thing to do. I mean, it's not a small app. It's like well, I don't know, like 1.3 gigabytes or something. So it's a big app. But if you have got kids that are interested in science and the things they're seeing, you should take a look at this one. Mars Rover AR. 
Nice. I'm downloading this right now because my kids were, my boys were obsessed with that when they landed. They're like, Mama, have you seen that? And then they built like Lego for the next few weeks. Really? It's all about the Mars rover. So yeah, they're going to, they're going to lose their minds. Yeah. There's videos, there's quizzes, there's all kinds of stuff. So it's a fun one. All right. Um, so mine comes actually from Stacey Beamer because yesterday I was like, ah, I can't find any tech nuggets. And um, she pointed out to me the translate with interpreter mode. So we have a couple um, Google Home minis in our house. And so I ran up to try this. So the uh, the way it works is that you go to, you know, a Google Home Mini. You can use it with, um, I'm assuming if you have an Android phone, I don't have that. So I don't use Google Assistant ever. Um, but so you can say, um, like, Hey Google, be my interpreter. Um, will you please interpret my language to Dutch or something like that? So I have a little soundbite from me to you. Really? You yeah. I have three different ones. I don't remember. I'll, I'll share them with you. I don't remember which one's the good one. Cause I kind of messed it up a couple of times. So let's see what this one is. Okay. Google be my Dutch interpreter. Got it. Before you start talking, make sure to wait until you hear this sound. Let's start. Hello. How are you? Hello. How are you? Who is it with you? What's the weather like today? Who is it here vandaag? I have no idea if that's correct or not, but it sounds like the correct accent. So there you have it. Um, wow. Yeah. I So I thought it was pretty neat because... I mean, not that you're like walking around with a Google Home Mini by any means, like out in the world, but that technology exists. And we've done this. I mean, Microsoft has, what is that thing called, Wiley? Uh, Microsoft, Microsoft has Translate, translate right? Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of the same thing. So, I mean, I, I guess that technology is already out there um, in general, but I just thought it was kind of a fun, fun um, tool to have. So, and you have it right in your own house. Play, play like you'd like. There you go. That is fun. Yeah. I think Apple also has one called Apple Translate that just came out in the last iOS upgrade or iOS 13 or 14 or something. So, yeah, that is a fun one. Yeah. Oh, Jen's got it. Oh, there it is. Jen's got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have my kids go to French immersion, right? They go to French oh, nice. schools, yeah. so we have a, we have a lot of that. Like I speak French, my husband doesn't. So for him to help with homework and stuff, we have all of them. We have yeah. the Microsoft one, we have the Google one, yeah. we have the, yeah, well, everyone that we can possibly have, and and for them too. Like they don't understand some of the directions. It's really helpful, and we've actually used. We've tried to use the Hey Google act as my translator at home on because we have about a bazillion Google Homes. That one hasn't worked for us, wasn't working for us, but we it was about six months ago. I'm going to try it again tonight when I get home. All right. So this will sound like a really ignorant question, but I'm just going to blame the fact that I'm not really from this country. So I'll ask in a way. But um, when kids go to school time. in Canada, do they do they learn French and English? Is that yeah. uh, that's, yeah, no, that's part not of the a- curriculum that's standard for everybody? Yeah. Yeah, that's not okay. ignorant. The ignorant question is, do you live in an igloo? Which I've gotten many times. Really? Um, I have a house in Florida and we get asked all the time. Like, huh. no. Like, do you come here because it's a real house? No. <laughs> like, it's a real house in Canada. Anyway. Um, yeah, it is part of the curriculum starting uh, in, you can start, you can do immersion. You can do fully immersed, like 100%. My, once in immersion, they're fully French until the end of the third grade. And then they're 50-50 um, mm-hmm. from four to eight. And then they can decide. And then it's again, about 50-50 in, in secondary. Um, but if they are in an English school, you get French as a second language from the fourth grade onward. Nice. Or third grade, third or fourth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
Interesting. All right, that takes us back to you again then, Jen, for technology number two. Okay, so I will do, I don't care about cookies. I do care about cookies, but not these cookies. So how often now do we get the little pop-up along the bottom that says, do you okay these cookies or whatever, and you have to press that okay. Right. And those nanoseconds that we talked about earlier, yeah. yep. this is a Chrome extension that automatically knows somehow by the magic of the gremlins inside your computer to click okay and those don't pop up. Huh. You get rid of those okay to the cookies. It's super simple, but nanoseconds, right? Yes, and it I, it's, it almost seems like a trick question half the time, accept or don't accept. It's like, wait, which is the right answer here? I'm not sure what to yeah. do. So it just I, yeah, gets rid of all the, all the banners. It does. And, and sometimes, especially I, I find if I'm going to a new website and teaching virtually, they pop up along the bottom and I'm trying to close it sure. and it's taking up real estate potentially, especially mm-hmm. if you, depending, I, I use, a, I actually am attached to a 43 inch television, a, a 4K TV as my second monitor. So I'm like, which tab am I in? And I'm going all over and I'm trying to press OK. So I don't know, I find it really helpful. It just, it's quick, it's easy, saves me nanoseconds. Awesome. All right. All right, so my second one is is not like a free app or anything, but recently I, I switched my task manager. I know Jen was talking about workflows and, and keeping everything um, organized, and I do, I do have task managers kind of in a place close to my heart, so I, I do jump around a lot, but I, I was with Todoist, and then I went to like Microsoft to do, and then I was on Apple Reminders, and so I'm back on Todoist because I saw now that they have this um, discount plan for teachers. Okay. Um, their business plan, which is normally $60 a year, is $18 a year for um, students and teachers, which I think was a pretty decent deal. Okay. And if you are serious about to-do lists and you like projects and subtasks and you know, um, oh man, that sounds that's not, that's not like your love language there, Wiley. Holy smokes, <laughs> it's, it's my it's my love language too. I'm falling, you know. it's not only the accent anymore, now it's in talking about to do lists, Jonathan. I'm falling in love, repeating tasks and you know, all, all of that good stuff, scheduling things, email reminders. It, I think to do is is probably one of the more complete, um, to do list task managers that I have come across. So I just switched to that recently. I, I was happy to find that they have a disc for teachers so i'm going to throw a link to that in there too all right to do list um yes so i have something that um amy beach who is uh employee at grantwood aa had shared out and it's um a website called action for happiness and the calendar for march is mindful march and um it's i think and maybe I am just always prone to like an advent calendar as a previous Catholic school teacher. I really like like having a focus for the day or like a, um, you know, like a theme for the day. And so you can sign up for these different calendars to come to you uh, once once a month. And this mindful one, I think, is um, it's just kind of a nice way to like take a minute to just unplug and slow down and um, just kind of refocus yourself. And I think it's it's a really great opportunity for kids to kind of do that same thing with you and to build community within your classroom to do those types of things. So um, I thought I would share this link uh, because you can, like I said, sign up for um, it to end up in your inbox each month. And I just thought it was a nice little like, especially like, 
you know, the weather's getting nicer, hopefully, and go outside and take five minutes to do one of these mindful activities with your students. A little bit of social-emotional health there. Yeah, right. Yeah. I like today's. Take a full breath in and out before you reply to others. It's probably a good thing on the podcast we haven't been doing that. <laughs> We'd sound so irritated with each other. I'm going to need to take a minute to think. Start talking. Good one. Well, that's funny. Yeah. All right, so I do have one more thing that I believe that the team is tossed around, but I just happened to look into this and then, Wiley, you put a comment on the doc, so now I'm really curious. Is um, Have you guys been reading anything about this new Clubhouse app? Okay. Yep. It's very exclusive, Mindy. Yep. Yeah, apparently very highbrow. So <laughs> um, I was looking at it, and I'm like, you know, I feel like this could be the answer because I can't really go on Twitter anymore because I just – I really want to stay in the education realm and Twitter – and that's just my personal preference. And I go on there and I get to see everybody's views about everything, which is not why I use Twitter. Um, so I was like, oh, well, maybe this is where the conversations have gone that um, I miss on Twitter. But what I noticed is that you can only get into Clubhouse if you've been invited because it hasn't really like opened up publicly yet. So do one of you have a Clubhouse membership look at jen i do you both I've, do? I've, I've been on a fair bit <laughs> are you serious how did you get it i just happened to look at it today and i was like is this like a is this like really exclusive well here's the thing that's okay. kind of a little a little weird i'm not gonna say it's not terrible weird the okay. only way you can get in is with an invite and you think okay, okay great you just send someone a link well no you oh. have to give the app permission to access all of your contacts. Oh. And then you get to invite people from your contact list. Uh. So the, the, you need to be surrendering your phone number to Clubhouse. Right. So if you're okay with that, then fine. But I asked somebody else, um, Jeff Glade at Heartland yep. AEA. Yep. We were talking about it recently a bit on one of our um, statewide calls. and. Yep. Um, yeah, I said, hey, can I have an invite? He's like, sure. So I sent him my email address. He's like, no, I need your phone number. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, so I guess? <laughs> Question mark. Here it is. They want to do, my understanding of it is they want phone numbers to make sure you're actually who you are and you can't hide behind a pseudonym. Like everyone who is on there is authentically them. And like Tiffany Haddish the from you know, Hollywood is on it. And I was listening in on a clubhouse with MC Hammer and it's actually <laughs> MC Hammer. They don't want it to be the people or the handlers around. Right. Right. We know people even in the EDU space who have yeah. their empires and people behind yeah. the scenes. Right. right. So they want it to be that person that you're connecting with. The other thing right now is you can only access it with an iPhone. If you have an Android, oh, that's apparently right. you can't get in. Mm -hmm. okay. So there's that. Mm -hmm. um, it is. I, I've been on it. I've been on it for about a month now. I've listened in. I've I, so if you want it, if you if you want a quick lowdown on the clubhouse, um, when you go in, you go in, and the first time I ever went in was Ann Cosma and Mike Tholfson from Microsoft, yeah. mm -hmm. who were talking, good friends of mine, and I went in. And I was like, oh, this is so nice. I like these people. I love hearing their voices, and but I didn't know how it worked. And my kids are screaming in the background. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like, can they hear me? And all of a sudden Mike's like, Oh, there's Jen Gibbon. And he, and I have an inside joke about singing, let it go from frozen and karaoke. And so he mentioned something about that. And my kids start yelling and I like quick, quickly leave. And so there's a thing on the corner that says leave quietly. And it's just, you leave the room. And I was like, did they hear my kids? I'm so embarrassed what's going on. But as soon as you go in, there's the people sort of at the top of the screen who are on, they call it on stage. 
And then there is another little sort of group of people that they say followed by the speakers. So anyone who's qualified, I don't know if it's the moderator of the room or anyone who's up on stage. And then there's others who have just joined. Okay. Um, if you have your notifications on, it's incessant, <laughs> depending on how many people you follow. And then the idea is you can either have open rooms where people can raise their hand and the moderator invites them up to speak huh. or closed rooms where only the people who are supposed to be there can speak and everyone has to, has to listen. Nope. The um, <laughs> well, <all right>. protocol <laughs> is, yeah, <laughs> the protocol is you go up on stage and you say your, your piece, There's you have a little avatar and you'll notice they're all sort of they're all sort of artsy ish. Mm -hmm. I want to say, um, they have different like colors around them. There's a whole like little clubhouse cult. (laughs) Um, and your bios can be as long as you want. So there's quiet rooms where you can go in and just like network and follow people. I see it as being very networky and very, a lot of what I've seen is good, but there's been times that I'm like, these are just people posing for what they are. So pick your rooms carefully. Um, but when you go up on stage, you say, you know, you introduce your, you're usually introduced. And then when you're done speaking so that people don't speak over each other, which, you know, can happen in these large rooms is I would say like, my name is Jen and I'm done speaking. And then we know it goes back to the moderator who goes. So my concern was, it's just going to be everyone talking over each other, but I found them to be quite good. There's a whole bunch of things you need to have been on for a certain amount of time before you can start a room or they have clubhouses, which, you know, brings people together like a club, like think of, you know, extracurricular events. It's, it's a pretty neat space to, to try out. Um, yeah, my, my jury's out. I, I like to listen sometimes, but then you can be invited up to the stage. So there's been times where I'm like at the mall, and, well, not the mall, <laughs> but the grocery store, because our malls aren't have only just recently opened again. But um, then I'm like, I, I don't want to go on stage right now. Like I have like the, you know, the people are making announcements about cheese on sale yeah, or right. whatever it happens to be. So you can decline that, but there's no uh, private messaging hmm. in it whatsoever. So it's literally just talking and listening. It's it, I would say try it out. It's it's a neat thing. I, I don't know for sure yet if I love it. Yeah. But I, I'm enjoying a little bit of lurking and some speaking. Hmm. I think it's fun to lurk. I mean, you never know whose room you end up in sometimes. If they are going to call you up, I think it would be nice to have like a little status indicator that said, you know, I'm just listening or something like that. Sure. <laughs> don't yeah. pick me or something like that. <laughs> yeah, not available. Yeah, not available. Exactly. Um, and the notifications, definitely one of the first things I turned off because the more people you follow, your phone will go crazy <laughs> with notifications. Yes. Yeah, every time they start a room, you get a notification. So I sort of wish that I, that there was a way to, you know, I'm sure it'll be coming, right? Yeah. It's still fairly new, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting space. Now, do you still want to be part of Clubhouse, uh-uh. Mindy? Nope. The, I'll whoa, pass. Oh, wow. So I'm going to wait we until you out of it now? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, um... We'll just wait and see. Just wait and see what happens with it first. But thanks. I think you need to get on TikTok, Mindy. Just get on TikTok. You Become know, TikTok famous. Go. I um, <laughs> occasionally go on to TikTok. I don't like it on there either. So, um, yeah, I'm just not a huge social, social media fan these days. I'm not. You were on the snaps, though, for a while. I was. I still do yeah. Snapchat every day. I just don't do it for work as much. I don't feel like I have as much to share about work this year as I maybe have in the past. So um, I don't feel like it's as worthwhile. But yeah, I I don't mind using Snapchat at work and stuff. But um, yeah, so just looking for my next new thing, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I don't really need one. I'm just looking. Just shopping. We might have a new thing for you here because Jen has one last tech nugget on here. All right. I do. Now, it's it's not really so much a tech nugget, though, that, well, maybe you will. Maybe this is your thing. <laughs> Mindy Carney, maybe I'm going to change your life. Okay. <laughs> this is called desk drumming. It is literally a YouTube playlist 
from um, a, a guy. I don't even know where he's actually coming in from, Mm -hmm. but he does. I think this is great for physical activity. We call it DPA here, like daily physical activity. Mm -hmm. And he takes pool noodles and he stands up and he puts on famous songs and he shows them how they could drum to them to get that activity. It's great for social (laughs) distancing. It's great to like, if you have a kid who's really like aggressive, um, my oldest has ADHD and he like loves this. He just like goes crazy. Um, And I just think it's a fun little share for people who are looking to, have that outlet other than just go noodle or that sort of right. thing for your students. I thought it was really cute. Um, and I love that he's a teacher. He's comes in from his classroom. He has a whole like, you know, sort of range of songs. Um, and I, I just thought it was really heartwarming and we did it and it was fun. Cardio desk drumming. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's good. It's a good little workout too. Let me tell you, I'm my, take I it home for my rings kids. on my watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Jen, thank you very much for joining us today. I, I, I think this is probably a long overdue episode yeah, right? having you on here. <laughs> we had so much interaction with you online and we got to meet once, which is awesome. But uh, hopefully this isn't the last time we have you on the podcast. Um, oh, I hope not. I'll be back. I'll be back for a Tech, nu- tech Nuggets show. There you go. We'll, we'll hold you to that one. <laughs> for sure. Um, where can people find all your stuff online? Um, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm at Virtual GIF pretty much everywhere. GIF is a hard G, two Fs. Um, and yeah, I'm, uh, you can find me there on uh, on Twitter and on Snapchat and on Instagram and on TikTok. And I'm all of those um, clubhouse now, apparently. <laughs> and uh, virtualgift.com is my uh, is my website, although I haven't been really great at at updating it. Twitter's your best bet for me and my Twitter's open so people can always DM me. And I want to thank you both for having me on. I really, I really do love your show. So it's a, it was an honor to be here with you. All right. Well, that is uh, everything we have for this week. Until next time. This has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot. For more information on today's episode, please visit dlgwaea.org slash podcast.